Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the Triple Threat Podcast. I am DJ Chocolate. Scotty D is right around the corner for sure. I want to thank you guys for being here. Thank you for subscribing. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. We appreciate all the good feedback. We appreciate everybody watching and listening to the Triple Threat Podcast. Also want to thank Snappy Makes Homes Happy. They provide electrical plumbing and heating and air surgery to all of Metro Atlanta. Lifetime parts and labor. Locally owned and operated. Support numerous local high schools around the area. Hey, if you're looking for them, if you want to find a way to get in contact with them, here's the number. 770-424-SNAP. Or you can check them out on the web at, at snappyservices.com. Everybody, uh, as IG, they have the web, find them at snappyservices.com. Remember, electrical, plumbing, heating, air, and we also got a cool promo code we use, triple threat. You get $75 off that first appointment. So use them, they are great guys. Scotty D knows them well. I'm getting to know them really well. They're great dudes, already get a chance to talk to them. So Snappy makes your home happy. Don't forget, you Snappy, man, you Snappy. All right, on today's show, we got my man, my frat brother joining the show, Hugh Douglas. If you don't know Hugh, obviously, this guy played in the NFL for 10 years, went to Central State, HBCU. Uh, he's going to talk about his time in college, going to talk about what happened uh, while he was in the league, uh, how he became a three-time pro bowler. Uh, so I'm excited to talk to Hugh about a lot of different subjects, man. He's going to get down and dirty of some of the stuff that's happened in his life. So I'm looking forward to talking to Hugh Douglas, man. Scotty D, how you doing today, brother? What's up? I'm uh, I'm pretty pumped right now. I don't know if you can tell, but uh, had some. No, I can't tell at all. For people <laughs> who can't see right now, who are listening to this via uh, on the a podcast or so, Scotty D is rocking his LA Dodgers shirt. And you remember last week when I tried to talk to him about the Dodgers, he didn't want to hear. <laughs> so just a week later, he's all on the Dodgers bandwagon. They are in obviously the World Series. Took Game One. Eight big. three, big win for him there in that ball game. Kershaw, uh, I can't believe he actually played well in a postseason game. Uh, but uh, Scotty D, I know you're happy. I'm gonna give you the floor to talk about the Dodgers for 12 seconds. Well, I just hope that this is the year. That's all. That's all I can say about it. <laughs> they they all played like this is the year. You know, Kershaw, uh-huh. Kershaw was was dominant, and then uh, Mookie, oh, he's he's terrific. And, Bro, you uh, know what's crazy? Y'all lineup is dumb. I mean, that Seager dude is crushing yeah, it. I mean, yeah. that lineup is like every batter, you're like, this dude can hit it out. This dude can base hit you to death. I mean, that yeah. lineup is tough to go against. Yeah, the same guy that got a pinch hit home run in game seven, uh, Kike Hernandez, he got a pinch hit again last night. That's hard. I don't know if people understand how hard it is to come up cold like that, get a, get a pinch hit, much less a home run. Yeah. but. Uh, just to get a pinch hit coming cold off the bench. That's hard. Yeah, it's hard. So uh, kudos to your, to your Dodgers, man. The Braves fans are not happy with the Dodgers. But, hey, we have nobody to blame but ourselves. So good luck to you guys the rest of the way through the World Series. Uh, let's jump into the NFL. Uh, home team, Atlanta Falcons, got a big win last week. Beat up mm-hmm. on the Minnesota Vikings. Forrest Kirk Cousins, who's making tons of money. 
who is stealing right now, I believe, from the National Football League mm. uh, through a couple of different interceptions in that game. But the Falcons played well, put it together, and finished a ball game. Matt Ryan had one of his best games, completing over 70%. Julio was back. Another 100-yard game for him. Cal mm-hmm. ran good. Uh, defense caused a couple turnovers, which was, was fun to watch. So uh, Falcons – one and five right now. Raheem Morris, one and zero as an interim head coach. Any thoughts on uh, these Falcons? You think you know what? Well, what can transpire in the next ten games here, Scotty D? Well, I feel like that's what we had hoped to see from our from the Falcons coming into this year, right? Yep. I didn't expect to be undefeated or anything. We had a brutal schedule. Let's just not get it twisted, right? Um, yeah. So I didn't expect it to 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 be you know, to be perfect at this point. But what we saw Sunday was what we kind of thought this team was. So um, kudos to Raheem Morris getting these guys ready to play. Um, I don't, I don't know. I don't know enough X's and O's to know how much I like Raheem Morris. Um, I know he didn't have success in Tampa and I, I just from, just from uh, geography bias, I kind of keep an eye on the, on the bucks. So uh, if, if he, if he spends something off, great. You know, here's, that's, that's here's cool. The, here's the thing, you know, uh, didn't work out his first time, like you mentioned, in Tampa. Uh, mm-hmm. Has had a different opportunity now. Maybe learn from that particular situation and maybe puts the Falcons in a good situation going forward in the next yeah. two games. So we'll sure. see. Um, other big news, obviously, we talked about the Dallas Cowboys last week and mm-hmm. losing Dak Prescott, Andy Dalton, why they – you know, went out and got him, and not the outcome you wanted from the Dallas Cowboys as they take a big L to the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, Andy Dalton didn't play really good through a couple of interceptions, but the big story, Zeke putting the rock mm. on the ground. Man. Everybody thought he would have to carry this offense now, yeah. and they can't do it with Zeke putting the ball on the ground. Other news, the Patriots lose, and Cam's a turn. Uh, wasn't their best showing. Uh, Cam had a a little rustiness happened in that ball game, so uh, Patriots lose. And then other big games this week, you got Pittsburgh at Tennessee, two undefeated teams. Scotty yep. Duke, who wins? You saw Derrick Henry go crazy last week. Oh, week's. I know. 200 God. yards. Can he it's, do it versus that Pittsburgh You know what? Stuff? It's in Tennessee. I'm going to pick Tennessee. I picked Tampa last week. You, you kind of – you didn't mention that. I picked Tampa to win that game, but uh, I'm going to stick with the home team again. I'm going to go with Tampa. Yeah. I'm going to go with Titans. The Tampa Green Bay game wasn't really what I thought it was going to be. I mean, no. Green Bay struggled. Aaron Rodgers struggled in the game in Tampa. Must have been too it was hot. a new emergence for, for Gronk, though. Gronk played, you know, had an emergence. Other big games, Seattle and Arizona. Uh, obviously, two teams that are playing really well. Uh, Seattle still undefeated. Can Arizona get them in the mm-hmm. lost column? The Bears. Do you still not believe in the Bears? I don't. They take, the, take on the Rams. I'm, I'm going to say they lose by 10. They lose by ten next week, and that's a huge, that's a huge loss in NFL. All right, man. Other news, man. We saw last weekend in college football one of the biggest games, number two versus number three. Mm. My dogs go into Tuscaloosa and take an L. Play good in the first half. Yeah, yeah. Second half, not so good. Alabama really took off. Mac Jones is legit. I think he is yeah, a he legitimate is. Heisman Trophy candidate right now. Uh, he's got some outstanding receivers on the outside, but the offensive line was big and physical mm-hmm. in that second half. Uh, Georgia struggled. Uh, thoughts on that ball game, Scotty D? 
Well, uh, not much more than not much more than you just said, but it, they, it was it was a really good first half about both teams. It was a really competitive game. It was exciting to watch. I was actually in Birmingham with a bunch of Georgia fans watching in an Alabama bar, uh, and uh, it was it was there was some fun back and forth early in the game. Um, yeah. We actually, at halftime, we went back to the hotel to watch, and uh, I think most of my friends are glad we did. But uh, it was, it was, you know, it was a couple mistakes. I think a couple mistakes made the difference in the game. You know, the the the, the final score was pretty significant, but I think a couple small, a couple mistakes um, made the difference in the in the outcome. I believe. Yeah, we'll see if Georgia gets an opportunity to play Alabama again. Well, we'll uh, see. I still. I still believe Stetson Bennett probably gives Georgia the best opportunity until we see JT Daniels. Right. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but right now, Stetson Bennett played good in the first half, just had to come from behind in the second half. And uh, tough tough spot to be in, first time on the road in the SEC in a major mm-hmm. environment like that. So uh, we'll see if Georgia can re- re- rebound and come back and possibly see Alabama again in the SEC championship game. Yeah. Uh, your Florida Gators will sit out another week, as mm-hmm. Dan Mullen said last week. He had COVID. Uh, you guys had a bunch of dudes who had uh, COVID or contact tracing. So Florida, again, has to sit out. Uh, thanks to uh, your Gators and a couple more teams. There's no <laughs> game for me to call this weekend. So I appreciate your Gators, Scotty D. I know you, you, you enjoy that. Well, Georgia and Florida both lose their bye week before the game, you know. Yeah. So that, that's, yeah. that's significant. Um, yeah. but usually, usually both teams had that bye yep. week, though. So. Yep. Uh, other news, Clemson, oh, my goodness, what they did to Georgia Tech, 73-7, to unreal. I mean, and they played the seventh string in that ball game, and they still <laughs> scored. So uh, I heard somebody, say, I heard somebody uh, on the radio say that they played 85 players, 86 players. Pretty that's, much everybody on the roster. That is yeah. insane. So uh, not the way I know uh, Coach Collins wanted that first thing to go with them. Uh, North Carolina. How about North Carolina? Everybody thought they might have been a contender. Goes down and loses mm-hmm. in Tallahassee to FSU. Uh, had a chance to come back at the end of the ball game. They yeah. had a couple drops at the end of the game that could have got them in range and had a chance to do it. So, uh, uh, North Carolina, maybe not the contender we thought it was. Now, uh-huh. the biggest news of college football – huh? Well, I was just going to say, I think it's, I think it's going to be a weird season, you know? I think there's – I'm questioning how many undefeated teams there'll be left at the end of the season. You know, um, yeah. I think I, I, I still think Florida, you know, they got some, they got to do some, some upgrades on, on their defense and what the, their play calling, I believe, but I still think I'd take Florida in, in, a, in a rematch against Texas A&M. I, I, I still don't think that um, Alabama is that much better than Georgia. So I, I think that, I think there's, there might be some trip ups this year that, that might be more excused uh, or excusable yep. than normal. So I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't cut out uh, UNC just yet. Plus they, they're in the other, the other uh, division than Clemson. So they still can, they can still, you know, get to that championship game. Yeah. A lot more ball to be played. You're right, Scott. D. Good point, man. A lot of things can happen as this season progresses. Mm-hmm. And the last big news from college football, the big 10 is back. <laughs> Finally, the Big Ten is back. I'm sure everybody's excited to see the Big Ten get going so we can get to talking about where they rank, do they make it to the playoffs. And obviously everybody is looking forward to seeing Ohio State take on Nebraska Mm -hmm. at noon on Fox on Saturday. Uh, So it's going to be fun. Ohio, 
Iowa State and Oklahoma State. Michigan takes on the Gophers, two ranked teams there. Cincinnati and SCU, all the teams that have some uh, play going on this weekend. But everybody's excited to see the Big Ten. Mm-hmm. See what Ohio State does. Justin Fields, that team was really good last year. Maybe a couple plays away from playing in the national championship. So, yep. you excited about Big Ten being back? Sure. Yeah, I, I want. I want. I, I looked at the schedule, and uh, you know, on e, I went on ESPN's website and looked at the the full schedule, all the D one teams playing, and it's starting to look like a normal Saturday a little bit. Just you know, yeah. so almost everybody's playing now. So heck yeah, I'm looking forward to them playing. Scott, any you guys got any shows or anything you and your wife watch uh, at night, or you got any? Thing you guys binge on uh, that that you like to look at? Yeah, I, I probably binge. I probably do a little bit too much of that. My wife, my <laughs> wife, my wife doesn't make it up too late. She's she's usually asleep on the asleep on the couch before we uh, can get in binge mode. But we watch. Uh, I watch the touchy shows with her. We watch This Is Us and stuff like that. This is us. Yeah. See, I was watching This Is Us for a while, and man, it was it's, tough for me to to continue watching it, man. Um, I th- I I'm the one in my house though that I don't know what it is. What <laughs> I get to about twelve o'clock and my wife's like, "Seriously, for real? You're just gonna go to sleep again in the middle of the show?" And I'm like, "Yeah, turn <laughs> it on. Let's watch it." And I'm I'm be the one that sleeps. So uh, we watched this show on Netflix called In the Dark. That was pretty good. Uh, we we got a couple different uh, ones we like to binge watch on. I'm a I like the Blacklist. I used to be on Dexter for a while. So oh yeah, I got a I got a couple shows I like. That man, was a good but, one. Uh, Dexter was good, man, yeah. no doubt. All right, man, it's that time. Talk to my frat brother. Bring him on. You, Big Hugh Douglas is coming up next. He's going he's gonna, to he's gonna talk about a lot of stuff. Trust me. Tune in right here on the Triple Therapy Podcast. My man Hugh Douglas coming up next. Welcome back to the Triple Threat Podcast. I told you my man was coming up, and we have him finally on the line. My Central State guy, three-time pro bowler, two-time first-team all-pro, college football, black college football Hall of Fame. My man, Hugh Lamont Douglas is in the house. <laughs> I've been called Lamont. Hey, listen, I haven't been called Lamont in a long time. Hey. <laughs> I had the number in my phone, right? So I lost my phone. So yeah. you know how the new iPhones, right? They ring like they'll say, "Might be so and so, it might be this." Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, it came up, Donald. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa! Let's hold that. Not too many people know that. Let's leave that alone right there. <laughs> Don't bring that out. Can't have everybody knowing. Okay, the, the okay, okay, I'll leave it alone. But but I was like, <laughs> I was like, wait a minute. And then I got to thinking, I'm like, I only know one Shockley. <laughs> like, I don't know one. And that's why I said, DJ, oh, okay. It yeah, makes sense. that's what that's what that's what threw me off because you said I lost all my dag dumb contact, but then you said shock. I was like, how you lose no, contact, but he know who it is. Number, and it said it said Shockley, and I was like. And I'm thinking, and I, I sat there for a minute, and I'm thinking, I'm like, man, I only know one Shockley. I only know one. Uh, <laughs> I said, Shock? I was like, okay, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, man, uh, I just want to, I appreciate you coming on, man. I appreciate you uh, being able to share a little wisdom with our, with our family here, the Triple Threat Podcast. Obviously, uh, I got love for you. You're my frat brother. Remember yes, the five-minute sir. singing fraternity. So, uh, Ooh, 
you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, we always uh, keep it, keep it cordial, keep it funny, man. So, uh, done a lot of great things in your career, man. A lot of great things in your life. Uh, what's it like now as the uh, kid who grew up in Mansfield, Ohio? What's it like now uh, being in Spotywall? But let's, let's go back to high school. Uh, did you always know that you was going to be that dude playing on Sundays? No. I didn't. Doc, I, when I started playing football, it was to, to, to stay out of trouble. Right. You know, I was that guy that was running around with, with, with the wrong group of kids, you know, yeah. getting in fights, you know, doing stuff like that. And, and it, was, it was, for me, more of a, a way to channel that, that negative energy, you know, into something positive. Right. So I didn't start playing football until my junior year. And I got to give a shout out to my man, Ralph Ross. His, his name is Khalil Ali, now Daddy Ross. <laughs> okay. He was the one, you know, first he got me in the track. I was running track for a little while. And, and he got me in the football, him and another five. Were you, were you, were you, there are a lot of people who say they were running track. Were you like, you like running track or you were like throwing the Stop. discus and shot put? Stop. I was third leg. I read a third leg. <laughs> I read so third you had leg. Third leg. Yeah. That's hey. a real deal. Hey, 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 if we still use VHS cameras and, and stuff like that, <laughs> I can pull out some VHS, some gritty, gritty grain, grain film for you. I can pull hey, out some game film for you. Yeah, so I'm ready to come. Yeah, okay. I used to come around that court. Hey, like that. Hey, lean, lean, lean around that head. <laughs> yeah, so I did that just to, just, to, um, just to stay out of trouble, man. You know, that's what I did. And, um, you know, Daddy Rawls was a guy who told me that uh, – and, and Coach Jefferson, who was a, at the time – did not know this, found this out later, was a brother of Phi Beta Sigma fraternity. Okay, Jefferson. okay, okay. Five brothers very well, man. Yeah, man, it got me yeah. into got me into sports, uh, helped me fill out my financial aid papers, and 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 went to school, man, and, and started playing football. I didn't play, them, like I said, my junior year. Oh, man, that's, I, I don't think a lot of people probably realize you didn't play to your junior year. Okay, so let's – how big were you as a junior when you first got started? Because people see you now and they say, I still don't want no parts of Hugh Dunn. <laughs> what was your size in high school when you first started playing in, in, as a junior? You know what, man? If I remember correctly, I was about uh, 6'2", 245, 250. But I had – like, I was a late bloomer. I was a real late bloomer. So I was the fat kid. I was the kid that was running around that had the – you probably don't remember this, Shock. You're too young for this. I had a members-only jacket. Oh, I know about the members-only jacket. <laughs> Shock that I used to wear all the time. And all black jokes. Yeah, because I had the man boobs, and I wanted to try to hide my little man <laughs> boobs and stuff because I was ashamed of my body. So, yeah, I was that guy, man. And, and then one summer, you know, my brother found some weights. We found he, he worked, we worked, my brother worked at the junkyard, right? Right, so right, right. Box of weights, and he brought it home. Right. So I started, I started lifting the weights, man, and, and before you know it, the summer, body changed, started playing football, man, and, uh, and the rest, they say, is history. Man, that's pretty cool right there. I mean, we obviously can see you've been on them weights since you've been out. But let's talk about leaving high school. Did you ever in your mind say, yeah, I want to play in college? Or after your junior year, you was like, maybe I can make this into something that can get me an education? You know what, man? Again. Uh, Daddy Ross and Stan Jefferson, those were the two guys that were real instrumental and kind of guided me because they saw something in me at that age I didn't see. You know, right. growing up, 
growing up, growing up in Ohio and, and, and knowing what I know now, these were two guys that were very, very instrumental in pointing me in the right direction because they believed in me. They saw something in me that I didn't see. When I went right. to school, Doc, I went to school because I know I needed to get a job because as soon as I turned 18, <laughs> you was going to be out of the house. Yeah, I had to go. You know, you know what it is. Dad looking oh, yeah. at me like, hold up, hold up, grown ass man. You got <laughs> so, so for me going to school, not really having an idea of what I really wanted to do, it was just a way to buy me a little bit more time to figure out what I wanted to do with my life before, no you know, I ran out of time at home. No doubt. That's what I think a lot of people do. Nobody, I don't know a lot of people who went to college knowing exactly what they want to do without right changing it a few times. Yeah. How did you how did you choose Central State or did Central State choose you? Like how did that process go about and how did you go about choosing the college that you wanted to go to? You know what, Shock? I uh I was in a position where playing football for two years and there were some schools that were interested, but it was only for it was like I was on the on the radar for two years. And as you know, yeah. some of these kids have been playing, they've been on these colleges radar for yeah. years. That that's the process. Right that I did not understand. And, and you know, especially being here in Georgia now, yeah. I realized, I mean, it, it's just amazing to me when you talk about the grades that these kids get and the fact that they go to these quarterback camps and they go to these D-lineman camps and things of that nature, that right. these time schools be there and they, they got to get on. You got to get on somebody's radar quick. You just ain't going to yeah. be that kid that just, just pop up and, and all of a sudden you can ball. No, this is a whole process. So yeah. I was a guy that, that was a late bloomer. And so now I'm trying to get recruited by schools. And they're like, well, we got this four or five-star kid that we've been seeing forever. You've right. only been playing for two years. So we yeah. really don't know. So I had a few offers. Some of them fell through because you know how it goes. We, we're we're going to try to get you until we get the guy that we want. And then that was the case. So ended up going to Central State. was like the only place I could go. And even when I went to Central State, Shock had to really walk on mm. to get an opportunity. So walked on wow. there. And, uh, you know, did my thing there and, and yeah. got a scholarship. You talk about doing your thing. Let me let, let, let me go to my, my notepad right here to bring up some of these, <laughs> these numbers. 42 sacks in 32 games in, in three years. You had 13 games where you had multiple sacks. And then you helped your team win the NIA natty your sophomore year. Then your senior year, defensive player of the year. Let's go back to that sophomore year because, obviously, that's when you first got your real taste of college ball for real playing in uh, a game. Talk about that first experience getting in there. And obviously you're playing at an HBCU. Uh, what's it like being at an HBCU first off and then the other part of it playing the game? Woo, boy, I tell you. Woo, like he said, woo, woo. <laughs> hey, hey, stop. You know, I know you went to UGA. UGA uh, is a beautiful campus. Beautiful campus. A lot of beautiful but, but. Boy, ain't nothing like HBCU, <laughs> I just get uh, goosebumps thinking about my HBCU and just um, the experience. You yeah. know, I'm talking about the experience as a whole, man, being on campus, uh, some of the, the, the financial hardships that school have has and things of that nature. It's just something different, man, that, that kind of sticks with you. Um, it, it was a great experience. And playing, playing college ball at that level was a lot different because – it wasn't that big time program that you played at, you know, mm -hmm. it was competition was a little different. You didn't know what you're going to get week to week, but right. had a lot of fun, man, had a lot of fun with the bands and things oh. that nature. The culture is just different. Not saying yeah. that other 
don't have that. But when you go to an institution, a predominantly black institution that has uh, the success rate that most HBCUs have in the, in the real world, and, and you can right. just see other, other people in your position being successful, it's a beautiful thing, man. And I think that's the yeah. thing that, you know, a lot of us come from different areas and different walks of life, different different uh, levels of uh, financial whatever. Yeah. And see all of us in one area doing well, because we don't get a chance to see that for the most part. No doubt. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because a lot of us yeah. come from small towns where, where most people that look like us aren't really doing so great. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> so Been to see us as a collective group, doing well, going to class, getting an education, asking the professor the tough questions, you know, rising to another level, man. It's something, it's something different. It's something, yeah. it's something I got a, uh, I got a love of HBCUs for sure. Cause my mom and dad both went to Florida and M. Uh, when I was coming out, my dad made me take a visit to Florida and M just so I knew what an HBCU was about. And yeah. I had to give them that, you know, give them that look. Um, obviously, he knew I was probably going to another school, but it was cool to be able to have that kind of experience. And uh, I mean, I still love going to the Battle of the Bands today. Um, yeah. I saw I saw a commercial for it the other day. They're gonna be streaming it. I'm like, I'm I'm all in on that. So it's it's definitely a different environment. When when you were at Central State, did you realize I got some? Like, I can turn the cone on these dudes. I can go rip the head off that QB on the other side. Like. <laughs> I'm just that much more of an athlete. When when did it click for you in that three year period where you played? You know what, Shot? I know you think I know you think I'm gonna be lying when I say this, but it never it never registered until it happened. Really? Because you know, just being in a position coming from a small school, yeah, you know, and, and thinking about like because when we played, like we would watch, we were we're at school talking about the UGAs. We're at school talking about in Ohio talking about Alabama we're yeah. talking about the Florida Gators right. and we're looking at these cats that are playing like I remember because it was Copeland and Curry for Alabama back in the day mm -hmm. John yep. Copeland and Curry I remember yeah. they were the guys that when I was in school we were talking about right and we were yeah they're gonna play on they playing on Sunday no remember that? <laughs> they, they playing on Sunday they playing on Sunday <laughs> right. and those are the guys that we were watching so I'm playing the same position that they're playing and I'm looking at them and like, God damn, there's some, there's some big dudes that they're playing against every week. And I'm thinking right. to myself, the cats that I'm seeing that I'm killing don't look like that. They don't yeah. look like. That. So yeah. it was, it was one of those things where you looked at it, and and, and Big Daddy Dan Wilkinson from Ohio State, mm. he's another guy. Like mm. you're looking at the cats and be like, Hey man, you know, I'm I'm just enjoying the time that I'm having. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. great. I'm I'm gonna be a hell, one hell of a gym teacher because I'm gonna be a phys ed teacher. I'm gonna go ahead and do that. And just be so, chill. so, 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 did that put doubt in your mind when you saw the dude that these other universities the way they? Yeah, because it's like, because it's like, shot when you when you're when you're playing at a small school and you're looking at what's being drafted and and, and what the criteria is and what right. you're being told that you can't be. Yeah, it's a little yeah. bit of doubt. It's a little bit of doubt there. Yeah, and I started to come around. I was just like, you know, whatever, you know what I mean? Because I'm like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna maintain my focus because you just never know how that's gonna work out. Right. So I'm right. kind of space. I was in that space. What's What's your advice to to kids nowadays that are playing at smaller schools and they feel like, 
how can I make it to that next level when I'm playing against these guys who they probably don't think people are looking at or don't get the prime time games. You don't see them on ESPN or ABC every week. What's your advice to those guys? Because you are a direct result of played at a small school but still was able to make it. What's the advice you give to those kids today that are maybe kind of doubting themselves about can they play on that next level? First of all, believe in yourself and yeah. work your butt off every day. Because, boy, when you do get an opportunity, you got to shine. And you got to shine yeah. brighter than any other star that's out there. Because they're going to be looking at you and they're going to have doubts. But as long as you believe in yourself, man, you got a shot. Now, what I said does not, that does not mean I did not believe in myself. I just knew that my role was going to be a little bit tougher, a little bit tougher. than everybody else's. It was going to be a little bit tougher. And it wasn't like I was uh, shying away from that moment. I was just preparing myself for whatever was going to come next. But right. with that said, every day when the scout started coming around shop, I had my butt out there on the, at the, on the track every day. I was hmm. lifting weights every day because yeah. I was like, if this opportunity comes for me, I'm going to take full advantage of it. Now, I know yeah. that there's a strong possibility that it might not work out, and I got to have a plan B. That's what it was. Mm -hmm. I, I just had to have a plan B. But yeah. I'm going to see if I can make this plan E, plan A work first. I'm going to go ahead and Ain't no wrong with putting everything in on that plan A and going hard on it. I, oh, I understand yeah. that. Definitely. So you get an opportunity. Obviously, you, you had a great career at Central State. Uh, things went well for you. Uh, round one, pick 16, you get that call. What was that call like? What was the emotion like for you, your family? And what was the first thing you thought about when you got that call? Well, first of all, Shock, you know, normally when, when you're projected to be a first-round draft pick, you're invited to New York. Well, Hugh, I, I don't know about that. I was a seven-round guy, so I, I, don't, I don't know about – what it's like to be a first-round pick. My bad, my bad, Frank. But, yeah, but, but yeah. you know, but, but <laughs> most, cats, most cats, if they're projected to be in the first round, they get invited right. to New York. Right. Uh, I didn't get invited at all. So yeah. I, I was really – I was still kind of like whatever. I was kind of like whatever, whatever. So you, you know, still I were projected first round, but still didn't get invited. Well, they didn't know. They, they I was all over the board. They didn't know whether I was going to the first round. They didn't know where I was going to go. So they didn't want gotcha. to invite me. Got and had it, out it. there, and I don't get drafted. Got so, it. so I'm I'm at home, and draft day comes around. It's draft day fell on a Saturday, and I, you know, back then in what '95, they had something in Atlanta called the Freak Nick. Something. Yeah. Something called. So, so I'm, <laughs> I, I, I want to go to the Freak Nick. <laughs> telling me. That that I have to be at, at this draft party that they're having. I gotta be there. And I'm right. like, dude. And I'm thinking in my head, hey man, this is a guy saying there ain't nothing I can do. Right. Hey, right. Hey, right. Hey, hey, I can't worry about it. So I'm I'm I, if I'm gonna go out, let me go out with a bag. I'm trying to get to Atlanta. I'm trying to get to Atlanta. <laughs> and so they told me, man, you gotta be here. You gotta wait. You gotta wait. So we waiting around. And uh, you know, the draft is going on. Like I said, I don't know where I'm going. And, you know, the, the phone, you know, around the 14, 15 pick, the phone start ringing. Mm. And it's the New York Jets. Mm. And I visited the Jets. And, and Dick Haley was the GM at the time. And, and, and he called and said, hey, we're, we're going to pick you with the 16th pick. Do you want to play for the New York Jets? Shocked. <laughs> Talk to I, me. Oh, I paused. <laughs> Shocked. I, I wanted to say no. I wanted to say no. Uh, bro, can y'all be going and paying? Let me let the next team get me. <laughs> I, I was like, 
fool. You you ain't in no position to be telling nobody no. But but that was my first thought because coming from the Midwest, I was I didn't want to go to New York. I was like New yeah. York. I didn't want to right. go to New York. And and I said, they said, you want to play for the Jets? And I said, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> you don't sound too excited, son. <laughs> no, hey, you best believe I signed when that, that phone call when, I, when they when they heard me, I sounded excited. So yeah, I, yeah. I jump in my car. I had a Chevy Impala shop. I'm 100 miles from running. I'm in Atlanta. Ooh, I, make it to, I make it to the A about 12 o'clock at night on a Saturday. It just, it, it just gets started. It just gets started. <laughs> I get lost. <laughs> I get lost in Atlanta. I get out the car. It's me and three of my homeboys. Oh, that's all you need so, to walk around. Oh, man, listen. Jumped out the car, left one homeboy driving the car, walking around the left <laughs> shop. They didn't find me till Sunday because oh, he been driving around Atlanta trying to find me. I don't know. We ain't got no cell phones, none shot. I just jumped out of the uh, car. I'm in Atlanta. He was out. I was oh, out. man. That's a pretty cool story, man. I mean, I think uh, everybody can relate to uh, those days of pre-nick. I think everybody can relate to uh, wanting to be out and about during that time. Ooh, so, uh, boy. Definitely, de definitely good times in the AI. You, you, you play for the Jets for a few years, then you get traded to the Philadelphia Eagles, and this is where it all starts for Lamont. Talk about that time. Talk about talk about getting to the Eagles, man, and, and what happened when you got to the Eagles, because that's where you became the All-Pro. That's when you became the, the, the first-team All-Pro in 2000, 2002. What happened in Philly that changed your kind of, your kind of trajectory going forward? Well, it was two things that happened, and one of them happened when I was with New in New York with the Jets, and that was with Bill Parcells. And, and Bill Parcells, me and him really didn't get along because he came in, and we were running a 4-3 defense. I had just came off of being the rookie of the year, uh, right. had two sacks, uh, got hurt the year before, and uh, he comes in, and uh, he changed the defense to a 3-4 because they had a linebacker named James Ferrier. That mm -hmm. was from Got drafted him first round draft pick, so they changed the, the defense to put him on the field. So me and Bill Parcells are not getting along. I'm, I'm the I'm the problem child in the locker room. You know, I'm the one that you know I'm I'm quoting uh, stuff like from Friday, the movie Friday. When when he leave, I'll be talking again. When he tell me shut up, I'll shut up. yeah, I'm doing stuff. Like, That's me. Child. So I, I go on his. I go in his office one day and I tell him I don't want to be here, you know, because that's what my agent told me to do. Tell him you don't want to be here. Yeah. So, so Bill Parcells says me down and said, "Listen, son, I'm gonna do everything I can to get you out of here." He said, "But just learn, just just try to learn how to be, just learn yeah. how to." Be. I'm looking at him like, "What you talking about?" Didn't understand what he was trying to say at that time. And basically, what he was trying to tell me was, "Don't be so selfish. Like, like try to learn how to be a part of a team." Right. You know, and 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 I took that, you know, we I get traded to the Philadelphia Eagles, go to Philly. The Jets go what, nine and seven or, or ten and six or something, go to the playoffs that year. Mm -hmm. I go to Philadelphia, we go three and thirteen. Bray Rose gets fired. So now in walks Tommy Brazier. Mm -hmm. Tommy Brazier's my D line coach. Mm -hmm. And Tommy Brazier calls me in office. And this is like my I'm going into my fifth year in the league, I think it was. And Tommy said, listen, what do you want to be? He said, it's about time. He said, you've been in the league and you, you kind of like, you need, to, you need to start to figure out what type of player you want to be. You got talent. You need right. to figure it out. And, you know, that was kind of the fire that lit under me. 
And then we drafted Corey Simon. <laughs> Florida State. And yeah. I never, Corey, Corey was number 53, yeah. right? Yeah. And Corey, I'm in my fifth season, and Corey walks up to me and says, hey, let me take that 53 to the Pro Bowl because you ain't about to do it. This, this, this as a rookie? As a rookie. And you've been around rookie. five years. Oh, was hotter than fish grease. Was hot. I bet. Yeah, yeah. He, he can't. He's like, hey man, let me take that number to the Pro Bowl. You ain't about Pro to do Bowl. It. Woo! So that that was a little. All of those things right there. That really was a fire. Shout out to Corey Simon. But he remember, you remember that Corey when you said that? Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. yeah. Oh, that that, that, that sounds like a light switch happened right there. So. Oh yeah, yeah. That was a light switch Two, moment right there. from 2000, 2002 Pro Bowl. First team, all team, pro 2000, 2002. So I think that the light switch definitely came on uh, for you. Uh, you mentioned rookie of the year in 95, 80 sacks in your career, 15 force fumbles. You even got an interception. You even one. got a defensive touchdown. One. One. Do you do you remember that one defensive touchdown, one interception? I do. I remember it was against the, the touchdown was against the Miami Dolphins. Right. And boy, I remember like the thing shot running down the field, like for sixty some yards. You and I remember on the field and, and being like, "Damn, I got to go back on defense." <laughs> <laughs> that's the that, hey, that's the one thing I remember about that. I got to go back on defense. And in oh, the man. interception, that was against I think it was against Chris Chandler against the Falcons in the, in the, in, the, in a playoff game. And yeah. It was in Philadelphia, and yeah. I remember it was fire zone. And I hated dropping on fire zone because you know when you dropping on fire zones. You know, that's that's an opportunity to get to the quarterback that I ain't got. Right. So man, and I'm we, dropping. And we know y'all ain't don't really like to be out there in that no, space. No, and you th- you know, you know what I mean? <laughs> it's different now though, because them young kids nowadays, they they yeah. they're after They hybrids now, they hybrids now, dude, yeah. Dude, shock, I jumped up and I and I caught it. And I couldn't believe I caught it. Number one, I couldn't really, it was it was more of a reaction than an actual catch. Cause I didn't see it. It was one <laughs> It was just one of those things. <laughs> it was he said he didn't see it. I didn't even see it. It just like it was just like we 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 fire zone <laughs> drop so much that right. it just happened. I just happened to pick my hands up and it was happened to be there. And when I caught it, I was like, oh shit, I caught it. <laughs> <laughs> what am I do? Where am I go? <laughs> hey, we're straight to the sideline. <laughs> Ain't no wrong with that. You got one under your belt. That's pretty cool. That's right? it. That's, That's all. all. That's, That's all. all. That's all. Man. You, you, you ended your career. You went back to Philly. Uh, I was in the career in Philly. Um, what went into saying, okay, this is it for me? Sometimes guys get pushed out. Sometimes guys say, I'm done. What was it for you uh, on the latter parts of your career? Uh, couldn't do some of the things I used to do. I knew it. I knew it, Shock, when I would wake up. You know, this is the thing. When, when you play football and you're young, you feel invincible. Right. So right. you like I'm pretty sure that when you go back and you look at some of that, that old Georgia film, you look at some of those hits you took, you look at me like, damn, I can't believe right. I right. walked take one of them back. Take one of them now. <laughs> yeah. That is ain't it amazing how when you look back Man. at your career and you look at some of the things that, that your body was able to do, and you're like, Wow, I can't believe that. I mean it's right. it's amazing. Right. I had one of those moments planned. When, when I hit the ground, you know, normally you hit the ground, you pop right back up and keep going because adrenaline's flowing and everything. I got right. to the point where when I would hit the ground, it took me a little bit longer every time to pick myself up off the ground. 
I remember being in training camp that last year, Shock, and I and I was telling Trey. Trey Thomas was my 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 uh my pod mate. You know, we lived mm -hmm. in pods. Yeah, and yeah, I yeah, yeah. Trey, I was like Trey. I don't think I'm gonna make it. And he was like, Oh man, I ain't trying to hit that. You giving up? You giving up? And I said, No, nah, bro, I ain't giving up. I can't go. And he was like, Oh man, bump that. Go on, take your. I see you at practice. He ain't trying to hear. And he was like, You better go to GNC and get you some vitamins or something. So I go to the GNC. <laughs> Trying to get that recovery because I would wake up in the morning, shock, and you know you wake up refreshed. Yeah. It wasn't no more. It wasn't like it was like I was just I was a battery that wouldn't recharge. Yeah, and yeah. So it was like the the day after training camp. Well, the this is how I knew I was on the chopping block because I was still playing in the last preseason game. <laughs> so like I'm in there in the fourth quarter, and I was yeah. like, yeah, rap this a rap. And they had a young guy by the name of Trent Cole. Uh -huh. That was that was behind me, and yeah. Trent was falling. So I saw, yeah. I saw my replacement right there. I saw it. Saw the writing on the wall. I saw it. So I, I laid in the bed, shocked that next day, and we were supposed to go in for 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 treatment or whatever. I didn't even go. I just laid in the bed. I was just like, I'm just gonna wait for this phone call because I know it's coming. Knew it's like, coming. Yeah. So it came. Uh, Tom Hecker called, and he was like, Hey man, what's going on? I was like, Waiting on you. <laughs> I was like, Waiting. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not quick. <laughs> hey, I ain't never heard nobody say, yeah, I knew you would call. Yeah, yeah hey, I, I wasn't going to quit. Y'all had to push me out. So I, I right. told him, I said, waiting on you. He was like, yeah, bring your playbook. Brought my playbook in, shocking. That was it. That was, I was kind of relieved. But at the same time, you're like, damn, because we think about, we've been playing football your whole life. Well, in your, know, 30, yeah. your early, yeah. your early 30s. Right. And, and now you're like, damn. What am I gonna do? What what what's right. the next half? Because you got your whole life ahead of you. What you gonna yeah. do? That's I mean that's a that's a good point, man. I uh, I think a lot of people don't realize like you can play ten years in this league and you can still only be 30, 31, where most people just starting their career and now yes. you know what I do next. So that's a good point, man. Uh life after football obviously uh has been good, man. Uh I, I was looking up some stuff on you, bro. It said in 2011, you co-hosted Six Nations of Championship, a rugby show, <laughs> yeah. BBC America. Yeah. And uh, it said you took a, tap, a, a stab at the sport, interviewed zookeepers, and took Irish step dancing lessons. All of that. All of that in the bag of chips. What is that about? Why it, did you it rugby? Was, it, it was more to, to, to show the fun side of me. Yeah. And, and just to get out there, I did. I, I I practiced with a rugby team. Rugby's no joke, by the way. Yeah. You know, so that it's a derivative of football. You know, that's where our game comes from, from rugby. Right. And you know, the players are. It, it's like a, a mesh of, of football and soccer. It's like kill the man when we were younger, but you're yeah. Constantly, yeah it's kind of like that. You wow. know, you throw up and you throw it up tackle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, a lot of running, man. Those guys are in 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 great shape. Had a chance yeah. to do that, and that kind of springboarded everything to go to ESPN, you know, and, and went up there and was up there for a little while, you know, had a little tay to tay with, with my coworker. Yeah, and yeah. That, yeah, yeah. But that was kind of like the springboard for the ESPN stuff. You know what, but, but before we uh, move on, uh, I would be remiss if I know everybody wants to know about the incident. The incident. The incident with, with good old T.O. I mean, everybody knows they've heard it. Can, can, can you enlighten the Triple Threat podcast people a little bit about hey, T.O.? Hey, let me interject real quick. DJ, you may not even know this. I went to college with T.O. 
<laughs> oh yeah. 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 He he left. A, he was a year ahead of me. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So I, okay. I was hope, I was hoping you bring us up. Knock it out. First of all, I want to say Teal's a good dude, man. He's a good dude. But, but <laughs> no. But at the time, I, this is when I just started doing radio in Philadelphia. So at the time, I'm on the radio with Edge Locality and the Morning Team. And if you ever anybody that's been to Philadelphia, know it like radio in Philadelphia is totally different than radio in Atlanta. It's just different. It's just up north is just different. So the the game before they played the Dallas Cowboys, they lost. T.O. had there was some speculation like he had a Mike Urban jersey on, which you know in Philadelphia that's a no no. Right. And, and and that morning on the morning show. Angelo proceeds to say that T.O. quit on the team, that T.O.'s a malcontent, all this, like talking bad about him. And I'm sitting there, right? Yeah. And I'm, I'm not saying a whole lot. Like, I'm, right. I'm kind of letting him go. And I'm like, no, I don't think T.O. quit, yada, yada, yada. I'm, I'm interjecting, but I'm not saying a whole lot in his defense because I, I don't know the whole story. I just know that he had on the jersey being in Philadelphia. That's a no-no. Right. So I don't know who told – T.O., whatever they told him, but it got back to him like I was talking about about him or saying something mm-hmm. negative. So yeah, at that point, you know how it is. I'm going into the locker room and I'm, I'm going to practice and, and T.O. says something to me and, and I look and I'm like, who is he talking to? <laughs> like, oh, you know, who is he talking to? <laughs> so, so he comes back again and he says something slick, right? So I was out of I was totally out of place. I was I was wrong for what I did. I admit that because okay. I had business like looking for him and going and you know saying what I said. But right, I right. I walked up on him like, "Who are you talking to? Don't get it twisted." It's so many words. I can't. I don't <laughs> yeah, want to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll use a little bit more. No code. doubt. Yeah, we can we, we we can read between them lines for sure. Yeah. <laughs> so you know that was that, and so after I realized that I was wrong, I, I get I'm getting ready to leave. So I'm walking out, and he squared up with me. He's like, what's up? And I was like, what's up? So now you know how that go. You, you square up. This only, it's only one or two outcomes at that point. Hey, man. Hey, man. It's it, it, it like King of the Comedy when Steve Harvey say, when you look me up and down, everybody know what that means. Yeah. <laughs> you know what it is. Because it's only a matter of time for somebody swinging. And, and, and what's the rule in the street? Don't get swung on. So I swung yeah. first. <laughs> so I swung first. He slipped my punch. He swung. I, I slipped his punch. We're tussling, right? So I I throw him on the uh, the, the training table, and I, I never get Jeremiah try to grab me. They was like, get him. So try grab me first, right? You know, try country strong, man. Right, right. Try put me in the chicken wing, and I'm mad. <laughs> I'm mad at Trot, right? Because I'm like, why he grab me? Because now I'm about right. to get beat up. So right. somebody grabbed T.O., and that was it. We didn't even hit each other, man. We just yeah. we just hustled. But it was just like, it was funny, because now when you think back on it, and you hear the different the different variations of the story, right. like you hear about that. He beat me up in the locker room, and he knocked yeah, me out yeah. and stuff, and I knocked him out. Dude, it didn't even happen like that. We didn't even hit each other. Yeah. It was the worst fight that you could ever have. The, that, that, that two people that, that called themselves mad at each other, could yeah. ever happen. Yeah. And I can see I can see exactly how something like that can happen. I mean, you just out, 
and you still not gonna be the one that's gonna be embarrassed. Yeah. Uh, T.O. got his own pride. He got his own ego. So, yeah. I mean, everybody in life done been through stuff like that. So, uh, I, I know the people uh, love to get a chance to hear that. 11 to 12, 2011 to 12, obviously you with ESPN. Um, and the one thing that I love for guys to talk about on the show is stuff that they've had to overcome, uh, situations that dudes have been in. Uh, nobody's perfect. Everybody's had their own situations. Uh, obviously, 2013, you had issues, um, and I want you to talk about the incidents. You don't have to talk about the incidents uh, specifically on what happened, but mm -hmm. how did you get through those particular instances and obstacles to get to a position where you are today, where you learn from those incidents to get you in a better place? How did you get yourself from out of those spots to the Hugh Douglas we see today? Well, I, I can tell you, first off, is that the one thing that I learned, I had a great group of people that helped me get through that. Michael Strahan was one of them. And, and I'll never forget when all of that stuff went down with, with, with the ESPN and, and the young lady up there in Connecticut. Right. Michael Strahan told me, he said, Hugh, everything that made you a great player on the field works against you in the real world. Mm. And, and, and wow. he was like, you know, being a, being aggressive and being in your face. Because that was the problem, Shot. With my ESPN uh, incident with Michael Smith, I'm the type of guy like this. If, if me and you, if, if, if you're doing something that I'm trying to learn how to do, right. I'm going to learn you because that's how we do as football players. No and so I'm going to up the knowledge and I'm going to give you the respect that you deserve. And if right. you have a problem with something that I'm doing, I'm going to come to you directly. And we're going right. to talk about it because in football, you know, you're, 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 you're hard, you wear your heart on your sleeve because you're getting critiqued all the time. No so doubt. you're used to criticism. Yeah. You're not used to, to hearing stuff that's being said behind your back. You're not mm -hmm. used to that. And see, that's where it started for me because me and Michael Smith, I had a tremendous amount of respect for Mike. Tremendous right. amount. Because he had been doing television for a long time. And, and, and with him and Jamel Hill, when, when they came in, I'm kind of their protege in a sense. Right, right. So I remember uh, having a conversation with my boss at the time. And he sets me down in the office now. I'm thinking, me and Michael have a pretty good relationship at this point. So he sets me down one day, and he says something to the effect that Michael doesn't like the fact that you, you know, you're not, you're not coming in the same time that he comes in, or something mm -hmm. like that. Or he doesn't like the fact that you, know, you do this, that, or the third. So mm -hmm. I'm sitting there, right? And, and my mind is like, wow, I can't believe this. I can't yeah. believe he's telling me this. Right. So in my mind, I'm like, we have a relationship. I can come confront you about that. I can, I can ask right. you that. Right. So I asked him. And, you know, I didn't think about it at the time, but he hemming and hawing. He didn't want to tell me. And I'm like, hey, dog. And I just said, you know, just like I'm talking to you, hey, dog, you got a problem with me? I can fix it. All you got to right. do is fix it. <laughs> just like right. that. Right. And, and so, and so I guess that I didn't say it nice enough or whatever. So yeah. that was the beginning of, of everything. So, you know, we go to the NABJ and we're hanging out and, and him and Jamel Hill, they're on stage. They're doing their thing. So I, I roll up on Mike. Everybody's having a party. Mm -hmm. So I roll up on Mike and I'm like, yo, Mike, what's going on? And Mike's on stage. So I'm trying to get on stage. Lady won't let me on stage. No problem. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to talk to him after he gets off stage. He, he looks at me shocked and puts his finger in my face. Don't you ever effing do that again. 
Who are you talking to? Who are you talking to? So, yeah. so I, I was like, Mike, you all right? You all <laughs> right, because right? you, uh, you tripping right now. Yeah, because I'm trying to give him, I'm trying to, you know, before I go where I'm going to go, I'm trying to make sure he cool because it might, you know, he might be going through something. So I'm trying to get right. him to be out. Right. So he's walking away. So shock, I grabbed him by his, his arm. I didn't, I didn't pull him hard, but I whispered in his ear. I said, don't let this TV shit get your ass beat. That's what I told him. I said, I'll beat your ass in front of all these people. <laughs> I didn't yell it. I, I, and I was wrong for saying it. I admit that. And he got mad. It was like, I'm going to get you fired. So wow. I get up the next day. You know, I'm getting ready to go to breakfast. And you know how when you go to breakfast, you know you've been talked about. You're like, you know, right. it's one of them feelings you have. You can sense it. You can sense it. Yeah. Everybody looking at you a little strange. Sideways, so I'm like, man, let me go ahead. Let me go ahead and catch me a fight up out of here. Because if I see this cat and he say something, he say something slick, I'm going to split him. I was right. like, I'm going to split him. So it's going to even be, it's going to be worse. So I said, I'm going to holler at him when we get back to work Monday. So I go back to Bristol. As soon as I get off the plane, shot my phone blowing up. My agent talking about, what you do? What you do? I said, what you talking about? He uh, said, what you do? Mike, Michael Smith said, you, you tried to fight him. I said, I, I, and I told him what happened. Right. And it became, he, he was drunk. He was belligerent. He was acting up. It became all of that. It became mm -hmm. all of that. Yeah. And so now I'm the bad guy, you know. And so it was, it was one of those things where, you know, I put myself in that situation. Yeah. And, and trusting somebody and, and, and uh, you know, being, you know, being me. Mm-hmm. And then, on, un, unfortunately, right after that, a chick that I was fooling around with up there in, in Bristol that I had no business fooling around with because I was married, doing my thing, she gets mad because I'm leaving. And, and, I, and, and I said some mean stuff to her, and mm -hmm. that got and she went and said that I, I put my hands on her. And mm -hmm. I was like, wow, God's trying to tell me something. God's trying right. to tell me that the, the way you're moving is not the way you're supposed to be moving, you know, because it's too much. Like at that time, it, it's nothing that you could have said that anybody would have believed about me. Like, you know what I right. mean? It was like yeah. because talking about a, a, a malcontent, somebody out there fighting coworkers, you know, yeah. being up women and things of that nature. And that, that I did not do either one of those things. But right. at the time, when you hear that and you see stuff happening so much back to back, what are you going to believe? Right. What do you believe? So I just had to step back for a minute, man. I had to step back and I had to reevaluate my life. And I had to, to, to move. And I knew, I was like, you can't live the way that you used to live. You can't do it. Can't mm -hmm. do that. Because right now you're in a position where you might not bounce back from there. You might not. Let's just, just be honest. Yeah. Like I'm, I was nuclear shocked. I sat at home for two years in a basement of my home and just was trying to figure out what it was that I did to deserve this and how I could get put myself back on track. Yeah. And I just sat there, man. I, I just had to sit there. And I had to yeah. do a whole soul searching. I had to I had yeah. to re try to reconnect with my family. That didn't work. Wife ended up leaving me. So I was at rock bottom. Mm -hmm. But I was like, can't give up. It ain't yeah. in me to give up. Yeah. But I just, you know, just prayed about it, man. Took a little bit of time off, started going to church. Um, mm -hmm. and just really, really said, listen, you, you can't live that, that fast 
that NFL kind of not saying that all NFL players live like that, but you know what I'm talking about. Right. No that, doubt, no doubt, no doubt. You can talk to anybody you want to talk to the anyway kind of way and and yeah. say and you can't do can't live like that. Cause that's not that's not the right way to do things. Yeah. So I fell back, man, and I said, you know what, I had to reinvent myself. Just just get yeah. maintain my focus and like just become a better person. And and that's what I did, man. And I, and, and been here in Atlanta yeah. for what, seven years now? And and man, just trying to do everything possible every day to make sure that I don't put myself in positions like that anymore and just be the best person I can be every day. Man, first off, uh, I've always had mad respect for you. Obviously, we don't know each other for some years now. Uh, but the fact that you opened up your heart, you was able to kind of express tough times that were going on in your life, I think will benefit so many people, man, for people to be able to hear you say certain things and then say, hey, I had to figure it out myself. I had to reinvent myself. I had to find a way to be better. And I think that's going to help so many people because a lot of people are going through their own struggles. Everybody had their own thing they go through. Yeah. And the fact that you're able to put that out for all these people to be able to hear, understand, and see you go through and then now see where you're at, I think it's, it's beautiful, bro. I, I think uh, I have even more respect for you uh, just hearing the story, hearing you talk about it but even more than that, see where you have taken off now. I mean, obviously, uh, everybody can catch you on 92.9 again every single morning. Uh, you've been crushing that for years now. Uh, always a good listen. Uh, I meet people all the time that ask me, do I know you? Because they love listening to you. Uh, so it, it's definitely uh, a thrill. Man, I, I want to ask you, last year you were inducted into the Black College Foundation Hall of Fame. Mm -hmm. And I remember listening to you talk about that on the radio and what it meant to you and how emotional it was to be looked at as one of the premier players who ever come through and play college football. What was that like when you got that call and what was it like to have that experience? I tell you what, Shock, even to this day, it's still kind of hard to believe. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. That you're, you're – you're 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 in the Hall of Fame with Mel Blount, guys yeah. like Paul Jones, you know Man. what I mean? And you're sitting there, Michael Strahan, Jay Rice, Shannon Sharp, Hall of Famer. And and you you're sitting there and you're like, wow. I'm one of I'm them. True, yeah, I'm one of them. <laughs> so it's always a humbling experience, man. And it's one of those things where when you talk about HBCUs and you talk about kids that feel like they can't go to these schools or whatever and, and be drafted or whatever. You're like, man, it's too many cats that are doing way too well. Yeah. That actually say that. So man, it's still a humbling experience. It's something that I'm still not used to. I have you <laughs> hall of fame jacket that I have. Hall of fame. I, I still look at it and be like, wow, this is, this is crazy. It's just crazy. That's pretty man. cool. Crazy. That's yeah, pretty cool. And the history. You know, you talk about the history of the cats that that been in there and that are in there. It's like, man, it's it's, yeah. it's a experience, no question. Man, uh, definitely deserve. It. I mean, the numbers that you did obviously are deserving. So uh, you, you belong in the crew, bro. You belong there. So uh, it's cool to know you for sure, man. Um, before we let you get out of here, bro, we we gonna talk on UGA. We gonna talk UGA. That's what I'm saying. Before I let you get out of here, I gotta ask you about the home team you cover the home team as much as anybody here first off what's going on with the falcons obviously he's got to win last week 
lose Dan Quinn, lose Thomas Dimitrov, and then talk about obviously Georgia and where you think they go going forward. Uh, uh, the Falcons, I, I like Coach Morris. I want to say that. I, I think yeah. just listening to him. And, you know, sometimes in situations like this with a new head coach, everybody always talks about how, you know, everybody wants to learn, like win because now you're, you're, you're high. Every, the, the fact that the head coach is fired, now the, 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 the reality that you could be fired too kind of sets in. They yeah. play with a lot more fire. No yeah. question about that. And, it, and, it, and, and even to this day, Shock, I'm still trying to sit back and process what I saw. This is what I came up with. And, and just listening to some of his press conferences over the last couple of days, I think, I think uh, Coach Morris is starting to marry the past with the present. And what I mean by that is, you hear him in his press conference, he talk about that old dirty bird swag. Mm-hmm. You heard, he said that a few times now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he talked about playing with that grit and that attitude, and how that team was a team that nobody really believed in, but they they were the dirty birds. Right. I think he's trying to bring that mentality back because the one thing that this team has not had in the last couple of years is a is a is an identity. And when you think about it, think about the defense and what Coach Quinn wanted it to be. But to be honest, every week we're sitting here, we were sitting here trying to figure out what this defense was. What is yeah. their identity? Can't get to the quarterback. Right. They, 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 they're, they're not a great cover team. You know, they look like the Keystone Cops back there a few times as far as the secondary was concerned. <laughs> yeah. So, so what is your identity? So the one thing that jumped out to me last week with the defense was it looked simple. It looked real yeah. simple. Right. And it, it allowed folks to, to just go out there and do what they do. You know, for me, I always felt like this. Offense is the side of the ball where everybody got to be on. You got to think. You can't really let your emotions take over on offense. Yeah. Defensively, if your wife hits you in the head with a pot and you're mad, you can take that to work with you. You can take that to work with you. <laughs> right, you. right, right, Especially on right. Especially defensive line. As long as it's simple, you ain't doing a whole lot of thinking, you go out there, you can take it out on the next man. You yeah, see ball, hit ball. See ball, Yeah, that's ball. it. That, basically, that's what it is. And it looked like that's what they were able to do because they looked intense and fresh the whole game, the whole yeah. game. Yeah. And so I think that's what he's trying to do, man. He's trying to bring back that old school mentality. I like that, man. I, I think it's a good opportunity for Raheem Morris and that crew. They got 10 more games to make something happen. So it's going to be interesting to see how the rest of this season go. Uh, obviously, another team that everybody, you know, pays attention to, the, the, the my Bulldogs, obviously took the big last oh, weekend. Oh, oh. Dogs versus Bama, man. Uh, what do you think is the future for – everybody knows that defense is going to be good. They're really good. But Stetson Bennett, at quarterback, can that offense, what you saw versus Bama, be a legit top four team that could be in the college football playoff and win it? That, see, I'm glad I get a chance to talk to you because this is how I felt. And I've never played offense. You did. You played quarterback. So I'm going to always defer to you deference. I'm going to pay deference to you. In this, but I'm gonna tell you what what it looked like to me. As but see, a, that's why that's why I asked you because you're a defensive guy now. You see yeah. the offense a little different, so yes. you yes. can see it out of some different lenses that can give a good insight to some people yeah, about yeah, what you but, think. But you're at that position, so we're gonna compare <laughs> notes. We're, we're just gonna compare notes. This is what I saw, like Stetson Bennett, and I, I said this: he has done nothing. To, to lose you games. Right. But he also hasn't done anything to win you games either. 
And that's like, that was so obvious last week to me. Right. When you talk about, like, like, like when you're playing a team against, like, Bama, when you're playing a team like that, the turnover ratio, that's huge. No and doubt. Georgia to come out shocking in, what, the first or second play to get a turnover. Mm -hmm. That is huge. That puts you in position to put yourself in a great spot during the course because you're playing chess. When you're playing a team like that and you're evenly matched, you're playing chess. You're playing yeah. chess. No doubt. So you go right back. And because of your stature, that's not your fault because that's the way God built you. Mm -hmm. To give the ball right back to that team and let yeah. them go for dog, you can't have that. Yeah. You can't have turnovers. You can't have batted balls like that. You can't. Yeah. And at that spot, in, in, in that course of the game, like a game like that, that's when your quarterback got to step up and be kind of special. And, and I said it from I said it from the beginning of the week. I said I didn't think this offense was made to come from behind. I think this offense was good when the game is even or you're up front and you're yeah. out top. But when you had to force the football, that's where Georgia kind of got in trouble. Yeah, uh, man. You so gotta have you gotta have that guy. And that's yeah. what I, I was like. Uh, what's the name? Uh, J, uh, JT. Uh, Daniels. Dan yeah. JT Daniels. That's when you start to wonder. Like he's a he's a statue from what I've heard. Like he's a statue, mm -hmm. but he's a bigger quarterback. He has a big arm, and you kind of look at that and you kind of wonder. Now. Mac Jones, like I, people sleeping on Mac Jones. He like, crushing he's a, it right now. He killing. He's a lot he better. Is. He's a lot better than people give him credit for. Like, numbers crazy. You you got it. Like when you're evenly matched with a team like that, that you're gonna see again. Like you can't. I don't want to call him a game manager, but you gotta have somebody that's gonna give you a little bit more. Because you talk yeah. about George Pickens and 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 him stepping his game up, he's gonna. I think he's gonna be a great player. I think he's gonna be a great player. But that young receiver core is still, they have some growing to do, and they're gonna. They got they got time to grow during the yeah. course of the. But I just feel like the quarterback spot, you have to be a little bit more dynamic there because that defense gonna keep you in the game. That boy yeah. Ozilari, good guard. He, he get off that end. He get off that end. Hey, they got some. They got some dudes over there now. Man, listen, I'm watching him shock. I'm like, good googly that cat can turn the corner. He got some serious beard when it comes around that corner. It ain't that 53, but he got a 13. He got a three. Ooh, no, no, listen, bro. I wish I had that kind of beard. That boy, listen, <laughs> he'll shock. And he does some some amazing stuff to get his butt back in the in the pocket. He gets in yeah. the pocket. Yeah. All right, man. Last thing. How did you get the nickname Turbo Bird? What, 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 what Dude, is that about? Let me tell you, that is not my nickname. That is some cats in Philadelphia uh -huh. that went on went on the Google that what's that the Google whatever it is the thing yeah. and they did that and I and, and I and I threatened them every time I'm like I'm just waiting for one of y'all cats to roll up on me and call me that because that was I was gonna old, say I ain't never heard nobody ever call you that. I was like, what that. is that? that that's old Hugh Douglas because I told him if they roll up on me and call me that I was swinging but I ain't gonna swing no more because I'm not you know I'm 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 a, I'm a kinder gentler Hugh Douglas. But that ain't that ain't Lamont Chill, man. Lamont Chill. <laughs> you know, I'm gonna call me Lamont is my hey. mom. <laughs> hey man, hey, 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 on the real, man, I appreciate you carving out a little time for us today, man. I think people are gonna be excited to listen to everything that happened today, man. Uh I appreciate you taking the time for sure. Uh it's been fun catching up with my my frat brother Hugh. Yes, sir. Uh, yes, sir. I wanna I wanna tell people continue to subscribe, man. Continue to to listen, continue to tell people 
Uh, this is the Triple Threat Podcast, and today has been, woo, it's been a lot of good gems dropped by my guy. He talked a lot of good stuff, so I'm, uh, I'm excited to see the feedback that people have from this particular podcast. So we appreciate everybody joining the Triple Threat Podcast with my main man, Hugh LeBunt. Doug is on the show today on the Triple Threat Podcast. We appreciate y'all joining. We'll see y'all next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.